Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle. And build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, do you ever wonder how to generate some of the best leads possible? For most freelancers and agencies, filling your pipeline with quality leads is not only critical to your business's health, but also one of the toughest problems to solve. That's how our guest Morgan feels right now. Morgan's a side hustler who wants to take her freelancing full time, but until she has a steady stream of client leads, it just can't happen. So Clay and I break down everything we know about lead generation from local leads to online leads and everything in between. It's a can't miss episode and it all starts right after this. Hey guys, you've got enough tough decisions to make every month as you grow your business. Picking your next great book to read should not be one of them. With Book of the Month, you can forget about the hassle of browsing through endless shelves or scrolling infinitely through an overwhelming amount of book options online. Book of the Month simplifies the process of finding the next great thing to read by offering a carefully selected lineup of five to seven titles to pick from each month. From gripping thrillers to heartwarming romance and everything in between, I'm personally really excited about this new announcement from Book of the month, curated audiobooks. Since you're listening to podcasts, I assume that you like audiobooks and you're like me, you're more of a downloader than a page turner. And this is your moment. I'm right here with you. I've picked out my selections for March already and you can too. Joining book of the month is super easy, very affordable. Plus for a limited time, new members can get their first book for just $9.99 with code CHIRP. Visit bookofthemonth.com now to pick your next great read. That's bookofthemonth.com with promo code CHIRP, C-H-I-R-P, or click the link in our show description. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store, and while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee with Milo.co, and joining me on the air today, as always, is my friend Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey, Clay. What's up, man? How you doing? <sighs> doing good. Doing good. <laughs> uh, I'm about to head out of town, actually, after this conversation. So I'm like, 
I'm like one foot out the door in, in vacation mode, but we, we've got to crush this episode for our new friend, Morgan, who's joining us. Hi, Morgan. Hi, Clay. Hi, Preston. And, and, I, and I know we've got to crush it because Morgan is, has been listening. She said listening religiously for the last six months. It just like makes me want to cry. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm a big fan of the show. <laughs> well, we're so glad that you're here. Thanks for taking the time to to come on the show. If you want to if you want to join us on the show too, maybe you don't know this, you can come on and, and get a, a quick coaching call with Clay and myself. Um, Morgan did this. She just visited freelance2founder.com and you scroll to the bottom of the page, you fill out a little questionnaire, not too painful at all, right, Morgan? No, not at all. <laughs> and then uh, and then Clay and I will have you on the show and uh, we'd love to chat with you about your business. Morgan, kick us off by telling us a little bit about, um, well, tell us, I didn't ask before we hit record, tell us where you live or where you work, and uh, and then tell us um, the kind of work that you're doing. Tell us a little bit about your business, about your clients. Just give us kind of a, a quick picture of what you're into. Yeah, um, so I'm a digital content creator from Savannah, Georgia, and I specialize my services for clients in the pet care niche. So I work a lot with uh, veterinarians, pet supply distributors, um, boarding kennels, groomers, dog trainers, things of that nature. Um, I do a little bit of everything right now. I do blog and article writing. I do some website copywriting and email marketing. Um, and then I've also in the past done a little bit of website um, design as well. Awesome. So you'd say mostly mostly writing with a little bit of web design on the side. Correct. Yeah, the web design for me is really more just for fun. Yeah, okay, cool. And, and you're doing this uh, as a side hustle right now. You had mentioned like you're you're working full time and then you're doing, but you're still putting in. What'd you say, like thirty plus hours a week on your side hustle? Correct. Yeah, I work about thirty hours a week. I'm actually at a vet clinic, and then the rest of the time I spend on my business. Okay. So I average sixty five to seventy hour work weeks in in general. So I'm a little tired most days. <laughs> I believe it never it. ends. It, it never, never ends. <laughs> I I remember. I mean, I I did my business on the side for, I can't even remember at this point, seven years or something, eight, eight, eight years, maybe nine years. I don't know, somewhere around there, less than 10 years. And it's, I mean, it's a tiring time, but like, there's this almost like adrenaline rush, right? When you get to work on your own thing after hours. Um, so it's exciting. It's a fun time. Yeah. So the goal is though, to eventually take your freelancing full time. Uh, correct. I mean, yeah. I feel yeah, like that's, that's what we chatted about before we hit record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eventually I'd like to do this full time, uh, maybe even, you know, five, 10 years in the future, grow it into an agency type thing um, where I can hire people to come alongside me as well. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah. definitely the, the end mm-hmm. goal here. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about your, you know, I mentioned this questionnaire you fill out and... Um, Everyone who comes on the show fills out this questionnaire, and it says somewhere in there on a on a scale of one to ten, one being a complete freelancer, ten being the founder of a company. Where where would you rate yourself? And a freelancer, you know, works on their own, doesn't really have a team working with them. Um, sort of just almost almost lives uh, paycheck to paycheck or client check to client check, I should say. And a ten is like you've got this full fledged business up and running. You've got a team. You've got processes. You've got steady client base. You've figured out your lead generation, all that stuff. You put currently that you're somewhere between a, maybe a one and a two, Morgan, and and that in the next six or twelve months you'd like to just bump it up just a little bit, like to a three. Does that sound right? Yep, that's right. So paint us a picture, like a year from now, if we were to call you back in a year, what would your business look like in a, in a perfect world for you in a year from now? Yeah. Um, 
a year from now for me, what I would really love is to be um, freelancing, working on my business full time. I'd like to have a steady uh, stream of clients, um, steady, steady stream of income, excuse me, so that, you know, I'm not kind of living that paycheck to paycheck or client check to client check lifestyle anymore. Um, and I think really in a year, I would love to be able to maybe bring one more person on board with me to just help assist with project load, um, management of my socials and websites, things like mm. that, that I don't always enjoy doing. Um, I'd like to be able to source some of that out a year from now. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. I love that. So just a nice small team, one or two people, but like steady, reliable, you take it full time. It's a great place to be. That sounds like a dream. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying like someone who's been there, like a couple dozen employees, you know, like, ah, man, I miss that. You hear us talking on the show all the time about social media and the importance of marketing yourself online as you grow your business. That's because social has played a huge role in both of our businesses as we've grown them, but actually getting customers from your social accounts to your website and ultimately to make a purchase can sometimes be more difficult than it should be. If you need a simple solution, I recommend you try getting a .bio domain from Porkbun. That's .bio, .bio. You can put it in your LinkedIn bio. You can put it wherever you want to put it so that people can get directly to your website. We've partnered with Porkbun a lot over the years for two reasons. First of all, we trust them and they offer better deals on domain names than anyone else that we know about. And right now you can get a .bio domain name for less than $3 at Porkbun. So for less than a cup of coffee, you can get a short, memorable, and professional .bio domain name to share yourself with the world. Just visit porkbun.com slash freelance or click the link in this episode's description. That's P-O-R-K-B-U-N.com slash freelance and you can get a .bio domain for $3 right now. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, it's it's a fun, like, scrappy... <laughs> scrappy time right like like in a good way like it's just like you just make your business happen and you like you know what i compare it to i i compare it to like now that i'm a new and preston you'll know you'll you'll know this now that i'm a new dad uh, you know i i i keep saying this like every day i'm like oh man i wish georgia is like i wish she was this age or i wish she was mm-hmm. like one year old i mm-hmm. wish she was i can't mm-hmm. wait until she's two years old but then everybody who has kids that are older, like, man, I miss that baby stage, you know? Yep, yep. <laughs> and my so my oldest is 12. And so far, I hate to be cliche because everyone says it. And in the moment, you hate to hear it from people. Yeah. But like every every stage we've gone through, I'm like, oh, I, I miss that now. You know what I mean? Like our youngest is six. 
we don't have babies anymore and and it's and it's sad like yeah we miss that stage i get nieces and nephews now that i get to spoil but like and it's the same with your business you kind of it it's like it's healthy and it's good to grow uh of course there's a big debate on how big you should grow and if you have to really grow but like i think it's healthy at least for your business to develop just like you want your children to develop right mm-hmm. but there is something magical about like those early stages uh and you're just scrappy and you're hungry and you're just like having fun working for clients and doing work you love and a little less stress uh or maybe different kind of stress definitely less like management stress things like that yeah so yeah Good, good time. So I love, so I love in a year from now, I'd love, we'd love to help you get to that point. Let's talk a little bit about maybe some hurdles that you're facing then Morgan. What's, what would you say is like the biggest hurdle you're facing to get to that point a year from now? Yeah. Um, I'd say my biggest hurdle right now is finding quality, um, well-paying leads for my business. I've found a couple clients so far through things like Upwork um, and solid gigs. And and some of those clients have turned into pretty steady income for me. You know, I do work for them on a pretty consistent basis. Um, But I feel like at this point, you know, I'm ready to add on two or three clients to my to my load. Mm. And I'm just not sure where to go. You know, Upwork has its benefits, I definitely think, but there's a lot of fees. And I just feel like I'm spending a lot of time each week seeking out people to, um, to hire me or to bring me on board time that I could be spending writing and creating. Yeah. Such a classic issue that so many of us face. It's like, how much time do I spend hunting mm-hmm. and how much time do I spend delivering to clients right so tell us Mm. tell us a little bit about your current clients then so like do you have a client right now that's sort of your ideal situation would you say or not quite yet yeah so i have um i have a couple clients right now that i work with consistently i have um three clients that i have on a monthly retainer um so i get consistent you know paychecks from them every month um and deliver a certain amount of content um whatever that looks like for that particular client and then um, in the past year, year and a half, I've also taken on a lot of clients that are kind of one-off projects, um, people that just want their landing page copy done for a launch, something like that, um, where the relationship doesn't really continue. And and generally, that's not due to you know my availability or anything like that. Generally, it's just that they aren't interested in hiring me for continued mm-hmm. work, um, just not the project they're looking for. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Like, you'll see it's really hard for it's really easy for graphic designers for example talking design to to like have a repeat client every month someone that pays a, a something every month recurring and it's really hard for like a logo designer who may be a subset of a graphic designer or very similar because it's like a one-off project and it's it's not that they're not talented it's not that their clients aren't great it's just like well when the project's done the project's done you know right so it sounds like you may be facing a little bit of that definitely yeah. But sounding like you are able to find some that fit that recurring model. And I think that's fantastic. We talk a ton about that on the show, obviously. Um, so so maybe should we explore for a few minutes, like how to find clients that maybe match your ideal, this, this idea of like generating consistent content for them on a monthly basis, they pay you a monthly fee, you create a certain amount of content. Like I'm assuming when you say I, I want, I want to generate more leads, you want to generate leads of that kind of client. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think ideally I would have, you know, maybe five or six clients that were on a retainer basis um, yeah. just to fill a full, a full-time workload. Um, if that is that, sense. is that what you need to, to quit your job? Yeah, that's what I'd need. I need at least three, maybe a fourth um, 
client on a retainer basis to be able to quit my job. Oh, you can do that. Three, can do three that. or four total or three or four more? Three or four more. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you, you unless can. they were a in little a year? Paid, Yeah, in a year. And that's unless they were, you know, higher paying, bigger content loads than what I'm doing currently. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So Clay, I know I know you've never really been like an Upwork guy, um, marketplace guy or anything like that. Uh, yeah. Could you could you share some of your experience in because you were able to build your first agency on this recurring model where you found it was web design, but you found clients who needed websites and they paid a recurring. I mean, people who have listened to yeah. all know your story, but what I mean, what how, where does Morgan find like these clients that are willing to pay a, a monthly fee? And uh, where does she start hunting besides maybe these these freelance marketplaces? Um, I think you're going to find it very, very difficult. Um, now, this is just me saying this with very little experience with places like Upwork. Um, so take it for what it's worth. I think it's going to be very difficult to find a, someone on a monthly retainer um, where you like where you find them on Upwork. I mm-hmm. think where you find this is, uh, and you got to think about too. You got to think about like why somebody's going to pay you recurring, um, like kind of where, where that person's mindset is. And it's one thing, like, just like, if you think about the nature of Upwork or these other marketplaces, like most of, I, I would correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, Preston, you correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't know. But like, I think those are mostly one-off projects, right? I think, well, I think it depends a lot on the niche, uh, I, you know, I know lots of freelancers who have, who have recurring projects and we even have hired a few through Fiverr and through Upwork mm-hmm. who like, we'll pay them to write two blog articles a month or something, or, or, you know, our, our editor, our podcast mm-hmm. editor works on Fiverr, Jonathan, and, and we just send him every month. We send him, you know, an episode or two a week okay. and he, for, for three years now he's been working for us. So I don't know if it's, I think there's a lot of one-off projects. I think it kind of depends on what your offering is. Um, yeah. Okay. So like, I think you can find them. Well, let me, so it's all relative, right? Relatively speaking to say someone you meet locally, a small business you meet locally. I think a small business you meet locally is probably looking for something more recurring or they at least expect it. Um, and so like, that's where, that's how I got started is I, so you're in Savannah, Georgia, right? Yep. How big is that city? Huge. <laughs> What does Lots that mean? Um, it means I'm not very good with numbers, but it's a pretty big city to me. <laughs> okay, so like, um, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna look it up. So Savannah, one hundred forty-five thousand. Okay, go. so perfect. Okay, so like, so that's a. I started in Little Rock, Arkansas, okay? which is two. Is it two hundred? Two hundred fifty. Yeah. So it's yeah. like you say, it's huge. I. You know, it's all relative. I, I think it's a pretty small city. But, like, my point is I started in a similar city as you. And, like, it's it was a freaking gold mine. So, like, what I would do, I don't know how much local networking you do. Do you do any at all? Yeah, I've um, I've worked with a couple clients that I've met locally. So, a little bit of local networking, not much. Okay. So, I would be willing to bet if you went all in on that, you would probably get quite a bit of recurring business and i bet you you get your your four recurring retainer clients within like three months Hmm. okay so how how does she get started with that like what what are some easy quick things she could do to to do some local networking the easy ways the, the the kind of the 
low hanging fruit is like, go join the chamber. I mean, it's like everybody says that, but like go join it, but you cannot, don't just go join it just for sake of joining it. Go join it and attend all the events. That's where the money is. You got to attend all the events. Um, and then there's another organization called um, BNI Business Network International. They're everywhere. It's all over the world. Um, it's they're basically leads groups. And I think I, I'm not the biggest fan of them for established businesses, but like startup businesses. Like if you're like three years or five years or younger. Um, or you're you're still in growth mode, like dude, like they BNI people are freaking loyal to each other. Um, mm-hmm. so it's a really, really easy way to get to get tapped into a business community. Um, especially with you doing business to business. I mean, like it's nothing but like I would say ninety percent of them are business owners. So like those are two really easy places to just get tapped into um communities of like just good referral sources. Um, and yeah, just I was going to say people. like, even if those people don't become your clients, when their friend says like, Hey, do you know anyone who does like, just yeah. who could like write for my blog or whatever. Then they're like, Oh yeah, there's this girl Morgan who's in my, uh, who's in my chamber group. And I see her all the time and she does that. So let me connect you guys mm-hmm. to see if there's a fit. Right. And you'll okay. get all sorts of leads that way. Great. Yeah. That's how I started. And I will just say like, when I first started, I was like the biggest introvert, like shy person ever. I did not know anything about networking, nothing, nothing about networking. It was the very first networking thing I've ever been to in my entire life. Had no idea how it worked. Okay. And I made it work. So, so for anybody like, so Morgan, if this is you or if anybody listening thinks, I don't know how to network, you know, I'm like, I'm timid or whatever, dude, like I was the most timid person ever and, and I made it work. So like, that's like, if I can make it work uh, from my old, my seven year old, almost eight year old self, right? Like (laughs) from eight years ago, like, dude, anybody can make this freaking work. That's encouraging. (laughs) Morgan, what are you, what are you thinking about this idea? Is it, is it something you think you could uh, give a shot? Does it feel like worthwhile for your time or what are you thinking so far? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think that I definitely could make that commitment to go to a first, you know, the first couple of events, networking events, I guess, how long, how many sessions or how many events do you think I need to go to before I started seeing like a return on that time investment? It all depends. It all depends on the quality of the chamber. It depends on the quality of the BNI group that you go to. Here's the thing about the B, the the BNI group. Um, there's probably going to be several. There's several in your area. Um, go visit every single one of them. Okay. And and the reason why before you, want- you join, you can you can like audit them basically, right? Can't you? Can you go like? Yeah, to yeah. It's like. There, the BNI does cost money to to join. It does, yeah. I don't know how much it is now, but it's yeah. probably like under. It's roughly like a thousand dollars a year or something. Okay. Um, so, but, so you uh, obviously don't want to like be forking that over for every group, but I think you can go audit them before you join and say like, oh yeah, this is something I'd want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. You can only join one. They're not going to let you yeah. join more than yeah. one, but like not every group is equal. So like some of them suck. 
Um, some of them are very hungry, right? Where the members are hungry for business. And so they're, those are the good ones. Some of them have been around for like 40 years and they're pretty stale. And so like, go visit all of them. They will all let you visit. I think like officially in, in their BNI rules or whatever, you can like visit twice uh, without joining. And so go visit all of them. What you want to do though, is you want to look at the roster, the member roster. So it's online. If you just Google business network international, go look up Savannah, Georgia, all the, all the members are online and you can see what they do. So who you want to look for are as much as possible is really two things. Um, one or really three things. One is um, how many members do they have? I think the sweet spot is somewhere between 15 and 25 members. If you get anything less than 15, it's really difficult. It's really difficult to get business, really difficult to get referrals. If you're more than 25 or 30, then you kind of get lost in the mix. So like somewhere between 15 and 25 members is good. The second you thing also you sort of audit like their roles, like you, you obviously yeah. don't want to join one where there's a bunch of content creators. Yeah. You yeah. Want to be like, you want to be like the only person, like the go-to content person in that right. group. Um, well, they'll, so they'll only let one profession in per group. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. One type, one type of profession. Right. So if you're Got the it. content person, um, so yeah, you want to look at the, you want to look at the roster because if they already have somebody that's in your, your profession, like, don't go visit that one because you can't join. Um, but assuming that they don't have your profession, um, you so looking at the, the roster, you want to look for members that you could potentially do business with directly. Okay. Cause that's gonna be like your go-to. Like that, like that's how you get the quickest business because BNI members will try them out. They'll try you out for themselves first before they start referring business to you. Mm. Um, and then also, do you look, Clay, for like supplementary folks? Like I'm thinking, yes. you know, we've had my buddy Bobby Macy. He's part of a uh, BNI group. He's a video content guy and he, he'll do some written stuff. But like Morgan, where you do a ton of written stuff, you know, I'm sure he has video clients who are like, hey, do you also do blog posts or whatever? Mm-hmm. And he could just say no, but I know this great writer, Morgan. Um, you know, it'd be cool to find like mm-hmm. supplementary professionals. Yeah. Um, you're reading my, you're reading my mind. That was my third point. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good, man. You're good. Like, so like, so like that, so, like, uh, like complementary professions, like for, so for you, maybe an IT company, a print shop, um, photographer, anybody who, who shares the same audience as you. Mm-hmm. that like that's the third thing you want to look for in these groups okay. if you can find a group that fits all three of those factors that is a good that's going to be a gold mine um so that that's what i would that's where i would start and it's campy as shit i will just tell you it's, campy. <laughs> it's so campy it's like i'm not even joking like they like they have their like minute meet their meeting minutes and like they they go welcome BNI members um, in today's se- session blah 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 like it's so campy um, <laughs> but just like you got to get past that you got to get past it because it, it will be a goldmine for you. All right, I can deal with a little campy if it works well. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Morgan, I think, uh, Clay, this has been awesome for local lead generation. Morgan, I'm curious. We we didn't actually ask before we dove in. I, I hope this has been helpful. But are you looking, do you think, more for local clients or remote clients? Or do you not really care? Um, I don't think I really have a preference, to be honest with you. Um, I've taken clients over the last couple years that have been both, you know, right next door to to me and that have been across the country or even across the globe. So it doesn't really matter yeah. to me. Um, I think I'd consider clients from anywhere, really. Oh, cool. I love it. Well, I think I think this will be a great way to to build a network locally. And and like Clay said, I mean, same size city, give or take, uh Mm-hmm. As Little Rock, where he was able to just crush this. I've seen, you know, we mentioned my friend Bobby. He's done very similar stuff in content creation, but just with video. And he's been able to crush it here in an even smaller city. So, um, I, yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of potential there locally. Okay, great. What qu- what questions remain? I mean, what what other roadblocks might you be facing when it comes to lead generation that we might be able to help you with? Yeah, um, so... This question is a little bit different than lead generation, but I suppose it has a lot to do with it. Um, I recently had a a kind of a business mentor of mine recommend that maybe I niche down either my service offerings a little bit more um, to where I'm not offering quite as many broads, uh, quite as much of a broad spectrum of services that I currently am, um, Mm -hmm. or that I niche down my um, ideal client or my or my industry. So like I said, right now I'm, I'm doing a lot of pet care clients, but that can be pretty broad. Um, so they were yeah. kind of thinking that maybe I should niche down to just like veterinary offices or just pet supplies mm. like PetSmart or Chewy or something of that nature. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's, I love this question. So, um, so there's sort of two parts to it, right? It's like, should you niche down further or sort of stay just at the pet level? Um, or should you pare down your offering? I, I'd like to start talking about your offering a little bit. And there's something that sort of stood yeah. out when you were first telling us about your ideal client and your offering and that sort of thing. And that was like, you were like, oh, I do content creation. And you talked about that for a minute. And then you were like, and I do a little web design on the side for fun. So I think <laughs> I think not knowing fully the context of your business, obviously, we've only been talking for 25 minutes or something, but like from what I know so far about your business, I would ditch the web design stuff. Okay. Do it, do it for fun on your own, whatever. But, um, I would, I would focus on the content creation for a couple reasons. First of all, it feels like you've been able to find, correct me if I'm wrong. It feels like you've been able to find more clients that will hire you for that. And particularly clients that will hire you on a recurring basis for that. I just see a great recurring model there, right? Four blog posts a month for whatever you charge, Da, da, da. Like it's very, very simple, very obvious what I'm going to get as a client. Um, uh, and then I, I, I would even maybe, I would even maybe not publicly offer the sales, any of the one-off stuff, like the sales page copy. There's okay. tons of money to be made in that, but like we are just, Clay and I are just huge fans of the, rec- the recurring model, yeah. right? And so I would say anything that, and websites technically falls in this, but it just feels like maybe that's not actually your expertise. It's maybe a fun hobby that you're trying. Right. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, Morgan. This could all be incorrect, but like it feels like your professional skill set is in content creation, and and you pair that with then clients are willing to pay on a monthly basis for like written content that they need over and over, maybe to to publish their blog. If you became known as like 
this person completely takes care of my blog's content. I don't even have to think about it. People will pay so much money for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, that's so yeah, I, so I would, I mean, I would focus on if it were me, I would just make that your service to start. You can have yeah. these other ideas and services and test them out as you grow. But like, I think if you just pitched that service to whoever you came across, I don't know, Clay, do you have any thoughts or agree, disagree? Yeah, I agree with it. I mean, it's like, if you're seeking monthly retainer clients, but you're promoting one-off projects, you will not get the re- your retainer clients, right? I mean, it's just and every sense. one-off project you get is like time taken away from time right. you could spend trying to get a recurring client, right? Yeah, right. and I would, I would. Uh, how much of your business comes from content creation? Uh, I mean, at this wise? point, like I'd say probably ninety percent of it. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would stick with that. <laughs> I would stick with that. Like here's, here's the thing too. Like I, I imagine you're this, I mean, I did the same thing. I'm sure everybody else is doing the same thing. Like at the beginning, it's like, it's really hard to say no to money. Right. <laughs> and it's like when someone says, Hey, can you like write this? Like, I don't know, like this email, this one off email for me, or like, Hey, can you do this website for me? And they're, they're willing to pay you money, especially when you're part-time and you're trying to make it full-time or it's a side gig or or if you're in growth mode, startup mode, like, dude, you just take money however, whenever you can. But like, it's really hard to not accept that money. Um, but considering the fact that you have a you have a job right now that, that provides you that safety, that pays your bills, um, I would probably just stick with content creation. So like this would be a different story if this was your full time gig and yeah that's like, true that's a good you point you just you just need like money to scrape by and, get, and like pay the bills right now, um but you're not like you have a full time gig so like um you you can pay your bills with that revenue while you build this one up so yeah I would stick with the the content writing plus like just kind of what Preston said like as you take on other things it just puts a complete disruption in your process right. And like, if you actually sat down and did the math, like how much time you lose because of that, like it's, it's astronomical. Mm. It feels like a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's an opportunity cost. Right. And I think, you know, this, this all does come back to the idea of lead generation, because if you have a singular product that, that is so easy to explain again, I don't know what it would be, but like, let's imagine like, you know, four blog posts a month for 12 months or something. And there was a singular price and it was just like a yes or no for the client. Mm-hmm. Um, that is so much easier than every time a client contacts you, you, you meet with them, you figure out a proposal, which we hate proposals, Clay and right. I like, um, and you spend all this onboarding time instead, just like productize it, come up with an offering or maybe two, maybe it's like one's light and one's intense. And, and then you offer those and it's on your website. It's all laid out. It's super clear and clients can say yes or no. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in no time you'll have three or four or five or more new clients who are like, oh, I would totally pay that every month to just not have to worry about my blog or whatever. Right. Yeah. As okay. far as like, as far as like niching down on the like vet clinics or like I'm, I assume that you are you narrowed it down to like 
pet businesses because that's what you work that like that's your profession right now right right yeah know a lot about it yeah so i mean i've written um various things but i write a lot for vet clinics but also for you know pet supply stores and wellness trainers stuff like that um so i'm just wondering if i should niche down even farther within that Mm. broad industry i don't think so okay I think I think the pet. This is Preston might have a different take on it, but I think the pet, just pets in general, is already a niche. Like, I yeah. just niche down to your just content creation, and and the reason I say this is because like, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. Like, so does it? Does your content change? Like, if it's a vet clinic versus like, like drastically versus if it's a vet clinic or like an online pet store or a, or a pet trainer or does the content change drastically? Uh, not drastically. I mean, the subject matter changes, but the right. format and the time commitment is about the same. Okay. Cause like, I mean, yeah, the, the topic can change even if it's for, even if you went and focused on all vet clinics, right. But the topics can still change. Right. Yeah. Right. So that this is why I'm like, there, there's really no point in narrowing it down to vet clinics because like, it, it won't change that much. Yeah. So like, why would you narrow it down? Like, you're just like, you, you're, you're um, uh, immediately eliminating all these potential clients when your service would not change that much. So like when people like talk about this it's, and they, they talk about niching down to certain industries, it's all because of process. Does the process change from, if you switch it from one type of client to another? And if the if the answer is yes, if it changes like pretty substantially, well then that's a different story. But but in your case, I don't think the process really changes that much, right? Yeah, the process is about the same. Yeah, then I would keep it. This, I would keep it wide open. Okay. This is so smart. This is like masterclass on. I mean, I hadn't thought through this before, but this is the exact perfect way to look at this clay. It's like. The, the real business benefit to niching down, yeah, is is simplifying your business, right? And if if mm-hmm. your business isn't any more complicated with a broader niche, then you might as well keep it open to those other customers. Mm-hmm. So I love it. It's the same I with the it. same with the type of service you have, right? It's yep. like yep. the content creation is one process, but it, like, dude, if you add on websites, that's a whole different animal, whole different right. process. And so, like, this is why this is why it makes sense to to niche down into just content creation. Yeah. Whereas it's like, it doesn't make sense to niche down only to like Facebook content, right? Because it's kind of the same process to create Facebook content and LinkedIn content. Very, very similar. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, let's say you offered a package where you like wrote and created social content. Well, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to eliminate other, other products just to eliminate them when they follow the same process. This is, this is a brilliant way to look at it. And I'm so glad you brought it up, Clay. Oh, I thank you. You're so welcome. <laughs> Morgan, we're uh, we're on the tail end of the episode here. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we leave? Yeah, I guess just my last question. I'll definitely look into some local networking resources. Um, is there anything online that you can recommend or maybe anything that I can automate um, that kind of works for me while I'm at my day job to try to find those leads? Yeah, that is such a great question. Now this, so uh, for me, this is a long-term play, but one that works so well. And a particularly, I don't know, do you do SEO work at all with your content creation? I do. Yeah, I, I advertise that every um, poster article that I write is SEO optimized. I'm really, okay. really attached to that. 
Awesome. So if you're if you're good at that and you know how that works, then to me it's a no-brainer that you start writing your own content that starts ranking high um, for, you know, we've got um, Ian Paget, who is a friend of the show. His, his, uh, his brand is Logo Geek, and he ranks number one if you search like Logo Design UK or Logo Design Manchester or things like that. Like if you ranked number one for, you know, content marketing Savannah or something like that, or even page one, like you would start generating so many leads on autopilot. You you create a mm. form they fill out or a chat widget or something, and you get back to them every night after you're done with your day job, and those just all start trickling in during the day. I think that would be a really really impactful way to do that. So, but but again, that's a long term strategy, right? Like you're in SEO, so you know that it's going to take you six to twelve to eighteen months to really start to see any traction. Right. Um, quicker quicker stuff uh, that might work, and Clay can add to the list. But um, quicker stuff that would definitely work is like adding value in social groups like Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups, um, showing up when people have questions about content and saying like, oh, I know SEO can be tricky, but here's here's what we do that we've seen has worked. Um, feel free to let me know if you have more questions. I happen to do this full or I happen to do this, you know, professionally for for clients. If you need further help, you can kind of add value first and then just let people know that you do that kind of thing. Um, you'll start to see some leads come through that way. Stuff like that. I don't know. Clay, do you have anything to add? Uh, yeah, I got, uh, I'll tell you exactly what I would do <laughs> if I were you. <laughs> uh, no, I, I never have anything. To add. <laughs> uh, all right. So this is exactly what I would do if I were you in your situation, uh, considering the fact that you have a full-time gig and you want to go, you want to go, full-time with this uh, business is, um, and this relates to your question. Um, so I'm just going to reiterate for to, to hit your local community network, network locally. So like you can do, sure. You can do like online stuff to hit your local community, but I'm telling you local people face want a handshake. Face. They want a right. handshake. Yes. Um, so hit that up. Um, so hit the chamber, hit the BNI right. um, for for online st- or and then yeah for for online stuff like this can be like for anybody in the entire world right i would write two blog articles per week and make them good right don't just write fluff um which you're a writer so you know this um so write two blog articles per week minimum i would do at at Right now, in October 12, 2022, okay, I would do five TikToks a week. Okay. Are you on TikTok? Yeah, I, I have one. I don't use it often. Yeah, I would do five TikToks a week minimum. Okay. And then in addition to that, I would try to find some pet-related Facebook group communities. Not, not marketing communities, mm-hmm. just pet-related Okay. And just get involved in the community there. Don't spam them. Just get involved. Make friends. Make sure they know what you do, right? Make sure your profile says, hey, I'm a pet content creator. Mm-hmm. Um, and just get to know people there. And then uh, and then I would run a small amount of ads on any content that you, pu- you publish on social media. And just try to target v- uh, like vet clinics, pet-related businesses, right? And then the last thing I would do is I would continue the Upwork stuff as like busy work mm-hmm. to to, mm-hmm. to make sure that you can stay active. Yeah, stay active. Yep. 
That's exactly what I would do. You know what? I'm going to add one more thing that I forgot to mention too. And this comes from my time side hustling. So obviously I would have to go to work, work 40 to 50 hours a week. I had, I literally, so I also had a family at the time. Um, We had kids pretty early in our marriage. And so like I've just, I mean, like I said, I've had kids for the last 12 years. So like there's the family element commitment there. I literally had about 45 minutes train ride from home to work every morning and 45 minutes train ride from work back home every evening. That was the time I worked on my side hustle. So we're talking an hour and a half a day. Mm -hmm. And in that time, um, one thing that I did a ton of that really paid off because it was able to work on autopilot while I was gone is cold outreach. So like on my way in to work, I would send a bunch of cold emails and this is a numbers game. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not, it's not going to be magical. It's going to, it's going to be a lot of outreach with a lot of rejection, but really the numbers you're talking about are so small, like getting three, four, five, six new clients in the course of a year, cold outreach can do that for you for sure. So you use a tool like reply.io that automates your outreach. So basically you write up this really cool email and then you leave a few blanks that are dynamic content and you fill that in with the person's name, with the person's business name, with something that you like about their business, and you send these cold emails, and you start sending a cold outreach, but that's friendly and kind and not super pitchy or spammy or salesy, Um, and you set up, you send it to like all of the pet companies you can find in Savannah, or all that you can find in Georgia, or whatever you want to aim for first, and all you have to do is put in that information like in a spreadsheet or a list, and mm-hmm. insert it into reply and reply does the rest for you. So while you're at work, it's sending emails out. And if people reply based on certain replies, it either sends them a new reply or it books a time on your calendar. Like there's all these cool things that can kind of happen in the background. So then when you get out of work, you have calls with clients, you have emails from clients, you have all these things that you can then act on. So it was always like outreach, outreach, outreach. And then on my way home on the train, it was like, oh, follow up, follow up, follow up, um, close the deal get the deal and then it was rinse repeat so if you're really cramped for time on that i you know it takes a minute to set up but once it's all set up it runs on autopilot and does really well for you so but again it's a numbers game you have to understand that you're going to send a thousand emails and get 10 responses or something so yeah okay and then um as far as the tiktok content what type of content am i wanting to put out i guess anything relevant to content creation or what type of direction would you go with that you want to do all content that's both entertaining and valuable. And particularly to your target audience. Right. Yeah, Basically. 100%. Right. Yeah. Um, so go like, I don't know how much time you spend like consuming TikTok content. Um, if you don't spend that much time on it as of up to now, I would just like, I would spend the next like few days just like watching 15 minutes of TikToks each day. Put a timer on it too. Trust me. Otherwise, three <laughs> hours will go by. And you'll, like, you'll be like, where the fuck did my time go? Um, so like, uh, yeah, I would just do that. And because like just consuming content is going to, going to teach you a lot about like, Oh, okay. I see what people are doing. Gotcha. Um, so like probably the easiest thing, the easiest way to do it is just to, consume like just just scroll for 15 minutes a day and like if you come across um and this just any any content creator doesn't have to be in your niche okay just any of them Uh, if you come across one that's like oh i could do that particular tiktok just i could just change the content 
that's the easy way to do it. Okay. Yeah. And just make it, make it your content. So basically anything that's entertaining and that gets people to interact with my videos and my channel and things like that. Okay. Yep. Do five a week. Keep doing it. It's not going to work unless you keep doing it. Um, But here's the cool thing with TikTok, like, like so versus like you know like five like five years ago or even a few years ago this pre TikTok, you couldn't you you had to like put content out there you had to build up your following you had to build your email list like in order to get any kind of traction online until freaking TikTok came around and people like you put out some TikTok videos. And you can have a hundred subscribers or followers and you can have a freaking video go viral and have a million views. It's crazy. Yeah. And so like TikTok is just like, it's also a numbers game. That's why I'm saying like five a week at least. Um, You could do more, like the more the better, but like it's a numbers game because like the more you do, the more likely you're going to have like a video go viral. You just never know what's going to go viral. That's just how TikTok works. So that's the easiest way to get like a shit ton of views without having any kind of big following. Okay, great. All right, Morgan. Well, we've thrown a lot at you today, but I have absolutely loved this episode. You're asking all the right questions. Mm -hmm. You've got the right attitude and motivation and you're definitely headed in the right direction. Uh, I think we'd love to catch up with you in six or 12 months and see how your business is doing. But for now, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Can you let everyone listening know where they can find you? Maybe there's someone listening that wants to hire you for some of their content. Just let us know where they can catch up with you. Yeah, um, anybody can find me on my website at morganmessick.co. Um, or I also have a business Facebook page called Morgan Messick Freelancing Services. And Messick is spelled M-E-S-S-I-C-K. Morgan, one thank tip. you so much. Can I give you one more tip? Oh. <laughs> Change the name. <laughs> I would just try to choose something that like is where you don't have to say, Hey, it's spelled this way. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not to put anything against your name, but like maybe you can, maybe you can name your company something like pent content, content creation.co. Like, I don't know, like whatever. Um, that related thing. Yeah. And like where, if you say it, it's really easy to like spell it out. So, okay, great. Okay, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. It'll it'll depend. It depends. Uh, it depends. I'm the worst example because like Milo, no one ever knows how to say that. But like, it depends also on the kind of content you'll be creating, right? If you're going to do a lot of podcasting, a lot of videos, then yeah, you want to make sure people can say it and spell it. And like, if you're doing a lot of in person stuff, like Clay's talking about, which we think you should, you don't want to have to be saying to everyone, you know, MorganMessick.co. It's M E S S two S's. So gotcha. Yeah, it'd be ideal if you could say like Fido content or something, you know, something like, mm-hmm. you know, really easy to spell, uh, really easy to remember. I don't know that it's a deal breaker, but definitely worth considering. All right, we're done. We're going to stop talking. Morgan, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. <laughs> we wish you the best of luck. Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it. And we will talk to you guys next time. See ya. Bye. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of the Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com.
The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at FreelanceToFounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.